Hi everyone, welcome to another edition of In The Metal. In The Metal is our weekly look at the world of independent watchmaking and each time we go out we talk to some of the characters and the personalities behind some of the most extraordinary uh, handcrafted watches that are being created uh, right now. Uh, and These are guys that are literally names that would be remembered in a hundred years time and uh, and far beyond that in the same way that uh, uh, Bregway and uh, people like that are, have their names are, are immortalized uh, I firmly am of the opinion that the people the independent watchmakers that we're talking about at the minute uh, are of the same are cut of the same cloth or out of the same metal so tonight uh we are going to be talking to a young German watchmaker who has really remarkably uh, uh, won a Grand Prix de Orlogerie Genève award for the Petite Aiguille. Uh, blew away the competition, big name competition, and emerged as the winner. And we will be having a look at that award very shortly. I am joined, as ever, from North Carolina by my good friend, Mr. Dan Spitz. And how are you this evening, Dan? What's going on, my furry little friend? <laughs> okay, yeah. here to shave, you know? I'm the furry little friend today. <laughs> that's okay, man. You don't have, that's the thing with in the metal. You don't have to shave, right? And you don't have to wear a shirt and tie. And, you know, so, most, uh, most, of the, most of the times people don't know, we, we check in with the watchmakers or who... Who are you know they're in a, a locked in a room like me here for for many months in, in creation and we check in with them an hour or two before the show and you should see what they really look like it's not oh, good <laughs> we gotta get yeah. the time to go clean back up you've been in your hobbit hole way too long you know run around their shorts <laughs> you know everybody knows it's a really chill lifestyle you know yeah. is it heck so uh, hey listen we're you know, the guy that we're going to talk to tonight, Dan, is uh, Stefan uh, Kudoke, who is a young German uh, independent watchmaker. And there's this expression called overnight success. And, you know, people think that, you know, it, it, it happens in the blink of an eye. But in this game, as you know, this there are no shortcuts to this level of expertise, yeah. skill, yeah. craftsmanship. And yeah. Uh, so Stefan's story goes back 10 years, a master engraver. I've been writing about some of his watches this week. Well, what I think, what I think, I mean, I've been following Stefan a long time. Uh, it's, it's, in my book, it's not really, there's no such thing as an overnight success. Maybe somebody notices you as being you, your uniqueness and your art. Uh, be it, especially in watchmaking or whatever mm -hmm. art they may be. Same thing in music, um, and that that kind of happened to Stefan. So he he did get that catapult really fast, but it, that's not that's not the, the claim to fame. And he's he's an accomplished, incredible watchmaker. You know, if, even if we separate uh, what he does as, as far as his unique engraving and, and everything in his brand and how he branded himself, this is a true independent watchmaking story. Uh, and basically, Johnny, like what me and you have been trying to do with our show, Stefan kind of represents that in a very, very big way to help yeah. 
to help to show that to young watchmakers or someone thinking about going to watchmaking school that you can find your path. It's not necessarily going to be it, it just in repair or if you go into into manufacturing later on uh, down the road, you know, you have to do some time to repair watches, work for companies, and then find your way. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it Stefan's the epitome of that story and uh, a great success story. And he's just, you know, I call it just starting out. You know, he's just he's just on that journey, but it looks like his journey is already like midway through. It's masterpieces is what he creates. They're, 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 it's metal. Too. As far as metal, like, like all my metal friends, if they if I actually said, hey, dude, go look on his website. You got to see his skull watch. It's going to blow your mind. Like he'd be sold out for the next 30 years. <laughs> hey, we're going to go and have a word with him. Yes, sir. So let's go from uh, Ireland, from North Carolina over to Germany. And to welcome Stefan Kudoki. Stefan, thank you very much for joining us. It is great to have you on In The Metal. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you very much for the invitation. Fantastic. Fantastic. Hi, Stefan. Hi. Good to see you, bro. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> so, Stefan, so, first thing is, uh, what, what is that behind you in that glass uh, cabinet? Yeah, that yeah. is... Uh, Unbelievable, amazing result of the last year, um, the Grand Prix d'Orologie. So, the, the Grand Prix the Petit Aiguille, that is one of the most cherished. Yeah, and I, and, and I have all a showcase for that uh, in, in the workspace here. So, that's excellent. Makes, uh, makes, me, makes me proud. And more. <laughs> so, for those people that, that uh, are new to collecting or new to what we do as independent watchmakers and, and at the segment of what we do and our accomplishments, be it it takes so long to get where we need to get going. Uh, we have this, you know, awards uh, similar to the Grammys, which obviously I have a bunch of those, uh, platinum albums and gold albums and Oscars and all that. And what Stefan has behind him is his. That's what our award is and the accomplishments that, uh, in, in our field. Um, that are given out in, in, in watchmaking. And Stefan's uh, is proud to represent and have already have that award, which is incredible. It's just mind blowing. It's a good feeling, right, Stefan? Yeah, of course. Yeah, and yeah. I have to say thank you for the jury of the Grand Prix. All good, man. All good. You deserve that and more. And it's just the beginning of your ride, bro. You know, it's just the beginning of your ride. But what, what, what I want to show people is it's not just a short ride. You didn't just appear on the scene. Uh, you know, hi, hello, I'm Stefan, the master engraver. And here's my cool, badass watches and take your award. And then you went home. It's it, you've uh, you have a long journey um, in watchmaking. You've worked for many companies. Uh, so if you could just quickly, you know, catch us up on uh, the history of where you've worked uh, and uh, what brought you to where you are now. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I, I will try to to make it short. <laughs> so I'm starting watchmaking um, 25 years ago around with my apprenticeship in watchmaking. The, um, the result of, of this training was that I was um, the third best place in, in German watchmaking in this uh, year, 1998. Um, I received the award for watchmaking. And after that, uh, I was going to 
Now, before I, I learned and, and worked in a, in a classical restoration shop for watches. And after, the, after that, I was going to Classeuter um, Original, Classeuter Original. Mm -hmm. And I worked in the, in the atelier for complications and prototyping. Mm. So after then, uh, I made my master degree. Um, then I was going to New York for Breguet, Blanc, Pay, and Omega. Worked in the service department in New York for the US market. Then um, I quit watchmaking. Mm. So and then I was going to the university studying uh, studying business. And next to the university, uh, I started my own watches. So why why did you shortly uh, decide to just sever that tie after obviously coming to New York and being part of that that big group of it sounds like you were doing after sales service in in New York City. Um, near where I was the head of show part over there, probably right around the corner. What made you stop and go back to school and just say, I don't want to do watchmaking anymore? Um, it's always a, always a challenge to do something every day. For me, it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. And to have opened the mind for new things. So um, that was the reason. I was interested in, in different things um, to study business. Um, Yeah. That's... Yeah, but was it? Did you? Did you? Did you? Or say that's it? I'm done with watchmaking uh, because of the type of work and frustration you were having as a watchmaker. Of uh, was it after sales service? If you could let, just let me know of that kind of doing the same kind of thing every day and not using all your creative juices, basically. Yeah, of, of course. It, it was a little bit boring. So Maybe. and yeah. same so. with it. And, and yeah, and, and I was very young because, in, for, for example, in, in the Atelier for Complications uh, by Glashütte, I was uh, 21. So, mm. then, right. and in, in New York, I was 22. And then I studied, yeah. So, how many, year, how many years did you take off to, and before you returned and uh, started the, on the pathway of starting your own brand and independence. No, I, I was not really out of the of the watch making uh, business because I, I fixed some watches next to the university. I worked as a watchmaker next to the university and then I started my own brand next to the university. So oh. I, wa I was not really out, but I was out of the big brands. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's really hard. I mean, uh, I've been independent pretty much 99.9% of my time um, uh, but I kind of said, we, I think we both have a little bit of a similar path of, we wanted to get into the complication rooms and work and gain knowledge of the things we can't normally get even apprenticing or working on complications for ourselves because we can't get those parts or we yeah. just don't see those watches because they always end up back at the manufacturer because they're so complicated. That's why I went and did that and worked under those umbrellas, but they don't, it doesn't fit my skin that, you know, I was placed here to play music and, in the beginning and, and have a free artistic uh, creative soul. So I, I can't conform. So it sounds like it was a similar road for you. You hit that block. Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? I don't want to be doing this. I, I have enough knowledge. And, and you found your way though. And that's, that's killer. Yeah. The, the, the point is that um, there are so many interesting things outside. So that's, that's yeah, always a challenge to focus on the watches. How did you fall into the engraving part of it, though? <laughs> Fake. Sorry, can, can you? How did you fall in from uh, repair and working for uh, La Chute Original and Breguet into uh, wanting uh, to take the pathway into being, mm -hmm. to do engraving? 
The point is, um, I'm starting. I was starting with the skeleton watches. Uh, I think 15 years ago, around 15 years ago. And if you have the the normal watchmaking school, you never learn skeletonize a, a movement. You you learn not uh, engraving. You learn not the finishing techniques. Uh, and it's always for me. It was always interesting to learn new things. So that was the the point that I teach myself in in every uh, steps and and parts of the, of the watchmaking in. Uh, business so mm -hmm. so you're you're you just self-taught in engraving or did you apprentice under somebody to learn all the, the little tricks and trade of the trade kind of thing yeah I, I i teach myself in the beginning and then i worked with uh engraver together and um and now we are i'm not alone anymore so we have a watchmaker we have engraver um, my wife doing the the communications um Yeah, and mm. now it's all together. I, I know that feeling because I remember uh, uh, I worked at Corum for a little while, also in Switzerland. Uh, they needed people for Golden Bridge, and I remember the first time taking apart Golden Bridge, and they had a hand engraved one. And then it yeah. was a uh, also at the show part we had a, a piguet, the uh, skeletonized piguet, which mm -hmm. was very. Very uh, Ebosh used at many other companies. Not many people know about, but it, it's a big get. And I found that fascinating uh, because they told me, uh, you know, I can do it, but uh, only one other gentleman within the company. Because once you uh, carve the bridges, just so people understand what Stefan does, those bridges start to get very delicate. The more they carve, the more they carve away. The structure and, and stability of all the bridges and plates. Um, everything becomes a, a lot, very unstable. So it's not that it's unstable that once uh, the timepiece, and, and Stefan, you can elaborate on this, I'm sure. Once the timepiece is screwed together and we're done with it, this is fine. This, it doesn't compromise anything. But the gentleman and master watchmaker who is uh, engraving and then placing the jewels in, it, you can damage the watch you know, instantaneously because the structures have been cut away. And that's yeah. what Stefan, Stefan does. And, so and then... I, and, mm, sorry. No, I was just saying I had to sit next to the engraver and, you know, learn from him, you know, be careful here, be careful here. Uh, there's no replacements. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah of course. Yeah. yeah. It's also the, the same thing if you skeletonize the movement by hand with a, with a little saw. Yeah, you have to, every time you have to be very careful. Um, if you, if you make one mistake, then you damage the watch. So, yeah. Mm. It's, yeah, it, 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 that skeletonizing, so people understand, Stefan does by hand, it's not by CNC, it's not by any kind of machines, he literally, it's it's total uh, hand, uh, with his hands, you know, old school, and uh, he skeletonizes his movements to look really cool, maybe Johnny, you can start throwing up uh, um, some pictures, I know uh, we've uh, a lot of us have seen his, uh, his skull watch, which is... It's just killer, dude. Mind-blowing stuff, man. Uh, yeah, what you, what you do is... Here on them, which is going to not fill the full screen, but... Uh, so... Octopus. That, that is spectacular. Uh, now, I've only got that image here, so if you give me a couple of moments, I will come back to that one, and I will blow it up 
So is it? Uh, we can get a we can get a better look so that, at it. That's fine. Just so people who are not familiar with, with yeah, Carlos, it, it, it's extraordinary. Can get yeah. an idea. This is not like some dude with a stick twiddling something somewhere. Like this is the, the you know, <laughs> we we have me and Johnny kind of had the honor of, of Stefan taking time out. It was an incredibly valuable day because obviously what he does by hand, you know, uh, every minute, you know, he he uh, is valuable to him as it is to most of us, but. Yeah, um, it, it, it's not like someone else is making his parts and he's just putting something together and putting it in a case and someone's making his dial and someone making his hands and he's getting a box full of parts and he's polishing them all up. It's it's the complete opposite. You know, it's an extremely time consuming profession, what Stefan does and takes specialized tools and uh, and training. So, see, as you can see, what we said, Johnny, right? Stefan's not the new kid on the block, right? He's been at this for a very long time, even yeah. though he's young. Yeah. He's younger. He's younger than me. And your workshop, your workshop, your workshop is. Uh, I've seen some pictures of it. Uh, it's pretty cool, man. You got a nice Hauser M1 in there. A nice, beautiful jig bore uh, that somehow you found somewhere in that kind of condition. You, you mean you mean the mean the house? The Hauser M1. No, we have we had the house before. So. No, your jig bore, the point pointer machine. The, um, the Hauser M1, the Hauser M1 Jaguar. Ah, the Hauser. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, bought, I bought it oh, 12 years ago from from some of my suppliers. Yeah. Oops, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm getting carried away with myself here, so I just I just meant to upload that. Sorry. So continue, gentlemen. So what I was saying about what the Hauser, I know uh, you bought it a while ago, but that's like for, for watchmakers, that's a dream machine, yeah. you know, to, to have for many, many watchmakers. Yeah. Uh, we all have to have a jig bore and, uh, and many other machines. And I know you also use a, a pantograph, right? Uh, yes. Pantograph, uh, some lathes. And... You found the, the Coleman, right? Yeah. Pantograph? Yep. This, yeah, that's a really, really really good pantograph also again very hard to find in very good condition so, yeah of uh, course of course but it was uh, if you want i can i can show you um just a short round trip in the workshop yeah 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 so yeah take us around it. stefan it's the the uh, machine area. So, fantastic. Uh, Shablin seventy. There's the Hauser next to the Shablin seventy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, beautiful. <laughs> Goldsmith table, microscope, and watchmaking tables. My office table. Beautiful. Yeah, so that's that's the at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I I live upstairs. Oh, you do? Oh, so it's all in your home. So you truly yeah. are. All right, listen, people. I, you know, I've been trying, Stefan. I've been trying to tell people. You know, the word in house and in house made or in house movement is so abused by all of the corporate companies nowadays. They've actually stole it from independent watchmaking. And, <laughs> and, and, and they abuse it. Yeah, our movement is made in-house. Listen, let me tell you all of you. I'll tell you it again. 
what you just saw Stefan say and what he showed you is he, he is truly in-house. He lives in the house that he produces his product. Same with me. My shop that I'm sitting in here, I sleep upstairs. It's, it's, it's the best way, actually, because for me, at least, I'm a nighttime person. I, I can work whenever I, I would I choose to work. If I'm not in the mood, I don't work. If I'm yep. in the mood, I, I go work. I, I'm not good with with rules and regulations and reporting to duty at eight, you know, seven fifty nine. Johnny knows that I'm late for the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm late right on time. <laughs> it's also past the hour. Absolutely, it's rock and roll, man. You gotta go send. It's, you gotta go send somebody to get me, bro. It is what it is. <laughs> So, Stefan, man, you've come a long way. It is true. You've come a long way really fast. Because in independence, uh, being an independent watchmaker and, and making your stuff in-house, but developing your brand and your name, uh, that usually takes millions and tens of millions of dollars for, for another luxury brand, let's say. And we do it uh, ourselves. And the reason, I, I think, not the reason, but the, the way someone pops to the surface it's always a unique, a unique property, and always people try to figure out how can I, how can I do what that guy did and get there faster. There really is, there's no, there's no plan to it. You know, the corporate America, they study it, but for us, we're unique artists, and every one of us is our story, is who we are, how we've developed, and the product that we manufacture. It's not even manufacturing; it's our art. It's, mm-hmm. it's an extension of our of our fingers and and our being that. Uh, of, of who we are and what we are. So your art popped because there's nothing else like it. And that's really the bottom line. You didn't have to spend millions of dollars that uh, none of us have, right? Um, probably none of, we would all spend it the wrong way anyway. <laughs> you know, we wouldn't know what to do. We'd probably buy more houses, <laughs> more houses, more jig borers, more gold, more platinum, or whatever we would do with it. Um, we popped to the surface because of uh, of the uniqueness of our skills and your uniqueness of your skills has been recognized across the board, uh, totally across the board. Because let I me mean, look at the award that's sitting behind you and the recognition that you've accomplished, and and it shows for itself. Uh, you found a pathway that nobody else can copy. And in music, uh, if you're familiar with my past, that's the hardest thing in music to do to come out with music that sounds like nobody else previous yeah. to you. It might be similar in some respects and have a comfortable flavor to it, right? But uh, it's not a, it's not the same old stuff over and over and over again, trying to sell it with a, it changing red to blue and blue to green and green to yellow. And it's yeah. a limited limited edition of 10 and 12 and four. That's just, it's, it's crap. That's not what we do. You know, we're, we're an extension. What you get from an independent watchmaker, a true independent watchmaker who's, who's trained like Stefan, is himself, you know, his, his story. So, uh, and Stefan's story is really, really cool. It's really unique. Um, you know, yes, he's in Germany. It is outside of Switzerland. Um, it, so anything outside of Switzerland is quite difficult to get supplies, suppliers. Yep. Um, it, even though Germany, I would say, is second to Switzerland because you, you have uh, a tea and you do have some suppliers. <laughs> It's not as difficult as where I am, which is yeah, of course, but <laughs> possible. This is like a, it's like a stone wall, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it is really hard, right, Stefan? It's still where you are. It's very yeah. hard. I, I know you started to you you have your own movement now, and uh, and can you tell us a little bit of that about that and the struggle 
to develop a new movement without spending, you know, $40 million in eight and a half years to do so. And it's always um, a challenge. You find a way to to make a new product um, with your, with your um, skills. So it, it was very hard to find a design what what I like. So uh, and someday I, I I had a old pocket watch in in my hands. Um, I I bought it on eBay some years ago, and then I was looking to the to this uh, pocket watch, old English pocket watch, uh, and that was the inspiration for for the design of the of the new movement. Um, that the balance cock is is uh, not like uh, the glass hütte style on on the side three quarter yeah. plate. So the balance cock is on top of the of the uh, plate like the English old pocket watches. Um, dot. See, so, yeah. and it, it's always very 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 difficult to find some design elements that which not exist in in the market. So, yeah. It's always a challenge to to construct all things, new ideas, uh, which is uh, different to the market. So yeah, and that is very very different. As as you say, it, there is you can see the inspiration of the the early English pocket watches with that uh, frosted finish, but the balance cock the way that you have that on the. Uh, we are able to showcase your engraving. Um, we actually have a, a close-up of it. Let me see. Calibre 1, the balance. That's... Yep. You see, people, anybody watching this, um, there is no room for error here. If you don't get this right first time, you botch that... Uh, that could be a week's work or longer. How long would it take you, uh, Stefan, to engrave uh, your the balance cock? Uh, the engraving of the balance cock, it's I think to around two two hours for the balance cock. But the more difficult thing is the grinding on on the uh, wheel plate, which we actually can take a look at you doing that. So, uh, Dan, you're going to disappear for a second here. Uh, we have a little short video. Just let me move that comment. And uh, so this is actually showing how you achieve that finish. What are you yeah. using there? What compound are you using to? Or is that a secret? Is that a kudos? No, it's, it's, uh, it's not a secret because also you in, in if you have a look in the watch market, um, you see a lot of sandblasted plates, for example. Yes. yes. So uh, and with my technology, um, you have a the glass. And inside a lot of uh, very little synthetic stones, mm -hmm. um, and then you put oil in, and then you have to grind the plate, and you have to push it. If you push too much, then it's the plate is completely scratched. If you don't push too much, then you don't get the result. So it's always a challenge to push in uh, with the exact pressure, and then you have to grind. 
And sometimes it takes an hour, then you are fine. And sometimes you work the whole day on the plate that no scratches on the, on the surface. So mm. that's yeah. very hard. It's, uh, it's also your unique kind of grinding and everyone's unique grinding. It's how big uh, did Stefan make those stones? It's, it's how he decides it should be. And that also represents, uh, you know, who he is. Because I, I know there's, there's different ways to do this. I know uh, Masahiro uh, Kikuno, I think that's his uh, yes. pronunciation. Uh, he took the, the very old way of mixing that with water and oil. And then he, he holds a big, uh, you know, you hold it over the plate and let it yeah. and, let, and let that drop. And that's what the clockmakers used to do that uh, many, 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 many centuries ago. And that's been adopted. So we all find our way to make our um, what we do. Yeah, yeah. Rep- represent it's ourselves. Diff- it's, it's it's a different technique, um, and you. I think you get a different result. So right, right. Yeah. That's 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 amazing. I mean, it's it's all it's all done by hand, you know, and, and by eye, and a lot, you know, a lot, this a lot of this. Stefan might say, uh, "Oh, it's just some rocks I crush up, and how this is how it's done." But a lot of this is it has been for a very long time very secretive of how people do this. Sometimes it's just handed down as a, from an apprentice to an apprentice. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's yeah. fascinating to see. It's the, uh, cool, the, cool yeah. little, the cool little secrets is what we're after and what we do here, Johnny. And, and to show that the cool little secrets are quite different uh, across the, across the board. We can learn certain techniques in school, uh, in traditional watchmaking schools, but that doesn't make them right for us. You know, we, sometimes we learn something from a, from a master who will only show it to a student. And uh, it's this is the cool stuff I like to to see. I'm glad you got that video. Thanks for that, Stefan. We really appreciate that. That's you're cool. Welcome. Without a yeah. doubt. So you you're working with uh, to do your new movement. You've worked with the uh, Hob, the Hobbring family and uh, and Langenheine. Eh? Uh, not Langenheine. I'm I'm friend with Marco. Yes. Uh, uh, and we we do cycling together. So and wow. we. We um, discuss some watchmaking uh, techniques, yes, but so, not work, not working with Lang and Heine because Marco is no no longer there. Uh, yeah. no he's longer on, there. He's on his own. Uh, we yeah. all we all can't wait for his next creation. But they <laughs> they, they produced some some plates in in the past for for the new caliber. Yes. Oh, okay. In their in their separate movement company, well, that's that UMG. Yeah, yeah UMG. Oh, great, great company. Good, good stuff. Yeah. Good, very good day. Because, yeah. Go, go ahead. No, I'm finished. Oh, um, so so you work with um, uh, with Habring on your design, ah, yeah. and you, you, uh, co- no, coll- the, collaboration to, we, to make, make it happen faster, correct? Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, it's correct. We, we are friends with uh, Richard and Maria. Mm-hmm. Um, and we work together. We share some some parts uh, of the movement because then we get a better result um, and relationship to the suppliers because there is no ATA parts inside of a, uh, of the movement. It's everything is from outside of the swatch group, mm-hmm. for example. So it's yeah. completely completely independent. Um, and some we sh- we share some parts and. We have the same suppliers, uh, and then put it together. So, so, so people understand this. This is part of the struggle, Stefan. I, I try to show how hard it is uh, for independent watchmaking 
to do what you do, to do what we all do, to, to take it yeah. to, the, to, to the next level. Right? We, can all, we all have to start somewhere and get our art out there somewhere, and we all have to make a living at, at what we do. But our goal is to be really independent, and that means having our own in-house movement. Some of us uh, are not, don't know about or, or don't have no interest in learning CNC and how to program it and it, the expense yep. of the machines, the monthly electricity bills that are astronomical, the tooling, the setup. You know, we're comfortable with our traditional watchmaking machines and we can, we can work really fast and because we're comfortable with them. Then some other people, they want to venture off another way and another way and another way. But there are people that are beautiful behind the scenes that we need to let other people know, uh, like the Hobrings, who they don't need to help Stefan, right? They have their own business and they're very busy, but they, they take the time to go out of their way to help Stefan because he, Stefan's already busy with orders. He can't stop his life, right? Yep. And go back to of school course. again. Yep. So this is, I know I'm, I'm talking a lot, Stefan, but I, I hope I'm translating things uh uh, that you yeah. want to, want to yeah. say a little bit about your, independent watchmaking. Your so, English is better than my one. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. It's a little bit metal, bro. <laughs> but, but what I'm just trying to say is to that uh, collectors who are, are, are trying to understand us and get inside our, our artistic yeah. brains, that it is a struggle for all of us. You know, Stefan might be smiling now. I have my new movement. It was a long road for him. He had to find someone to work with that he's comfortable to work with and into the future and trust that he can get these specialized parts outside of the Swatch group, uh, meaning ETA, uh, uh, to continue for years and years and years and years. Yep. And then and then find another company to work with all three, of, uh, to work with him in the Hobbings to manufacture those parts in small quantities. That's, yeah. the, that's the struggle that we all have. Uh, you know, five, five of these and 10 of these and 20 of those, yes, we need more. We know we want to say Stefan needs to, wants to produce many of his movements for the next 20 years, but that we don't want to buy, you know, uh, $500,000 worth of escape wheels right today. Yeah. Yeah. For, 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 for example, for, for, the, um, for the collectors or watch buyers, um, if you, in, in Switzerland, you have some suppliers, if you call them and then you, tell, you, you say, okay, I need 20 pieces or 50 pieces, they, they, they don't speak with you. So mm -hmm. they, they say, okay, if you want 10,000, then we can work together. Yeah, yeah. right, right. So, and this that's, is, that's always a challenge. It, it is, but you know, I think it's fantastic. To, uh, it's part of the independent community that you guys can work together. You don't need to rely on the big... Uh, monoliths who will only provide you with 20,000, 50,000 units of a particular uh, component. So that you're able to work with, with uh, Felix and Maria, you, you complement each other. And I, I think it's, it's fantastic. But that is part of that uh, ecosphere that, uh, that independent watchmakers uh, uh, existing and uh, I, I, for me, it, it, it you know, there's no problem with uh, with collaboration between what uh, some people say. Oh, you didn't do this, or you didn't do that. 
But man, the fact is, what you are achieving is is, is already breathtaking anyway. So here, sorry. No, <laughs> just, what, hey, what, uh, just a thought on that. What what collectors uh, have to understand is that we're all different artists, just like a, another art field. We all do things differently. Um, you know, Stefan has has a lot of had to have a lot of time at the bench uh, doing what he does best. So. For him to set up CNC and, t- and be in charge of all that, that just takes away from his time making masterpieces of carving uh, by yeah. hand. You know, so yeah. we have to partner. We have to partner to survive as well. So I want to bring to the forefront all the people that are not selfish, that are loving people like the Hobbrings who have time to help others. And we hope that that, that continues on behind the scenes for, for all of us so we can get uh, small supplies of things that we need because otherwise – there will be no independent watchmaking. Um, but the big brands have pushed us to... Yeah. Or, to, you, to, produce, or you, you produce only uh, two or one or two or three watches yeah. per year. So Yeah, right. yeah. Exactly. It's a, and that's not healthy for anybody. Yeah. Because um, yeah. uh, you have to wait like uh, until somebody dies and then your watch escalates in price and then you never get that money. <laughs> it's a Sotheby's... You know, Kenoki yeah. sells for two point two million dollars. Yeah, you know, you don't get that money; you're dead. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 always a, a challenge because you you have to you have to live with your family and you your your kids need food, for example. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. However uh, romantic the idea is, uh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. The reality of life is that you got to put food on the table. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but look, the way that you're, you're you're doing it, I just I, I'm looking actually for uh, an image of the the gold uh, octopus with the, uh, the 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 engraved tentacles. But um, some people are asking us to to show a few more of the. Uh, pieces of your work Dan mentioned the the skull so you, you also asked earlier on Dan what was a how, how come you gravitated towards engraving in particular and uh, to specialize on it I look at the the free octopus uh, here for a start because to me looking at that the engraving on those hands the engraving throughout but particularly the sucker, the suction cups on on, on the hands, and uh, it's just extraordinary. And to me, I don't know what, what what's the processor. How long does that take, Stefan? Um, for example, as these hands uh, are completely handmade. Yeah. So the the first step is you take a metal plate, then you cut them out with a little saw. Um, then you engrave the hands, then with the suction cups, then you hammer. So next to the suction cup, the area is hammered. Wow. And then you polish everything. Then you make it blue with fire. Yeah. And then you uh, polish the suction cups under the microscope um, that the, the, blue, um, the blue color, it's gone. Um, yeah. yeah. So... Then you get the, this result with um, polished suction cups. Inside of the suction cups is the blue color, and outside next to the suction cups is also the blue color. So it's it takes. So I think you need uh, one or 
up to two days for uh, a pair of uh, hands like this. It, uh, that is what makes these watches stand out. That is the attention to detail. This is no uh, mass-produced piece. This is uh, absolutely, I can imagine the painstaking dedication that goes into every one. Question, Stefan, do you ever, when you're, do you ever get it wrong? You have to start again or throw out a set of hands or what? A, uh, yes, of course. In the beginning, uh, a lot of, and now it's a little bit less. But uh, yes, sometimes you, if you cut out the, the hands, because the material is only uh, 0.3 millimeters. Yeah. And if you cut it with the saw, then, and you push too much, then it's gone. It's broken. So, mm. yeah. That's, the, that's what people have to understand, um, you know, when, when as independents, how long it takes us to do the smallest of tasks that they may take yeah. for, for granted. You know, you, you look at a, a pair of hands from Stefan and, and that's two days of a human's life. So every time you look at your octopus watch, if you are blessed to have one, you get two days of Stefan's life on your wrist. So mm-hmm. when, when someone says, oh my goodness, I, I, I can't believe what, you know, what this timepiece um, uh, costs. Once again, independent watchmaking uh, of what we all represent as, as true artists, and that's what Stefan is, he's a true artist, is it's not about wearing a watch. We don't, none of us need to have a, a watch to tell time anymore. We have our phones and, and time is all around us wherever we happen to go. It's, it's truly art for the wrist is what we do. It's what all yep. of us do yep. at, at, at Stefan's level of, of independent watchmaking and, and what, I'm, what I create here. This is, this is years and years of our lives just to start and then years and years of perfecting the art. And, uh, you know, with Stefan, you can call Stefan and, uh, and, and work with him to create a design uh, that he'll hand carve that's like no one else's on, on the planet. I mean, no two are alike anyway. But yeah. you can literally work with Stefan on a specialized piece, correct, Stefan? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So we'll just when you say no two pieces are the same, I'm sorry for cutting in again, but uh, Stefan, t- talk us through the likes of the. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that's metal, bro. That yeah. is the the real skeleton. One of yeah, I think I developed the design ten years ago. Yeah. Um, so that was the 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 reason was the the word playing uh, with real skeleton because you have to always the skeleton watches but there was no real skeleton with bones and skull inside so that was my idea to create this piece um, yeah and you can see here uh, the bones and the the skull and in the eyes a little the diamonds inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then all and then also the hands are like bones, uh, yeah. And then uh, different colors in the electroplating. That's uh, very complicated process. So, yeah. Again, that's another speciality of yours is electroplating, and we will come to that in a moment or two because again, we have a short video for that as well, as well as a couple of images. But the, the, what you were looking at there. It is impossible to make two identical pieces because everything is crafted and engraved by hand. It's it's extraordinary, and um, I, I I think you, uh, you 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 set a standard there, 
uh, I think a lot of other uh, watch brands have. I know I've seen another German watch brand who used the, the skeleton, the skull and bones motif. And uh, uh, this, this, there's been uh, other skeleton products out there here or there. Here skull and but let's face the facts: it's CNC cookie cutter crap. Okay, that's what that's that. Other tender, tender, yeah, uh, yeah. What, when I saw what you Thank just you, saw, <laughs> when, when I first saw Stefan, what I what Johnny just put on the screen that that skull that that your what your 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 skull uh, and bones watch. I just stood there in amazement, and I knew it was handmade. I know I just like, okay, who's this crazy guy? Because <laughs> that's that's my, that's like that's what I would wear. Like that's as a metal dude, you know. Like I and what I said earlier, if if all my friends in in the heavy metal uh, arena, if I would say, if they would say, Dan, besides your watch, dude, I know I want to get your watch, Dan. But besides yours, what watch should I get, man? And they told me a price range or whatever it may be. I would say, you don't need a price range, bro. You need Stefan Skull Bones watch because that he can't go any higher, man. It's metal. That like I, it's almost like that's a watch like I probably should have invented and made myself for all my metal friends. <laughs> it's it's spot on the money. It's so beautiful. It's, Thank you. It's one of a kind. Uh, and even if you created you know another one for somebody else. Coming for me, it, this this is it, people. That it's never going to be topped ever, unless yeah. Stefan unless Stefan does something else with an octopus and a and a skulls together. It's the skull <laughs> the octopus is eating the skull's head or something. I don't know, but yeah, his, for, he's got a metal brain some somewhere along. Yeah. along for for example, uh, there are so many skeleton watches outside, and they looks like the same and, and 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 skeleton watches in the past was always for me okay you cut out some material and then that's it so and my challenge and my idea was to create art on the wrist so that's the reason why i, I make designs like the octopus or the real skeleton or other things i i was always trying to to do a motif inside of the watch what can tell a story for example Yeah. Well, well so when you when, when you start a design, can you tell us how that process? Yeah. Are you drawing it on a, on a napkin? Are you working in CAD uh, on your design? Like no, you were doing the skeleton. Can I, you explain that to us? I, I don't use CAD. Uh, I make it very very classical. On, for example, let me show. Let me show some some things. And and, and while you. We're, we're making the skeleton watch. Were you listening to Rammstein? To what? Were you listening to Rammstein when you make that skeleton watch? Do you know Rammstein? Yeah. Do you know Rammstein? No. You know you know this band, this German band. No, no, no. No, Rammstein. Ah, Rammstein. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't. So I, I, say, so I say, were you listening to Rammstein when you make the skeleton? What? <laughs> <laughs> For example, uh, I do all the, the the designs on paper with a, oh. with a drawing like this. So I started wow. with the with the movement behind, uh, and then I make my drawings for the skeleton on on paper, like oh, this. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, different cool. different uh, styles. For it looks like this. Uh, Again, I see. Mm -hmm. In the starting process, or or like this. Mm, these are six four, six four nine eight. Yep, 
the base the base for the skeleton is a six four nine eight because this is uh, one of the best movements to to build real real art skeletons because you have a lot of space. Mm -hmm. That's when, the unit task. When 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 you work with 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 the skeleton watches. So if you have a small movement, then there's no space and a lot of holes inside, and then you can not work with a, a nice design. So mm -hmm. that's the reason. Well, yeah. when you when you're making and working with that with that movement, are you sometimes uh, just throwing away their bridges and making your own bridge, or are you always thinking to carve around the original bridges? By the skeleton watches, uh, I use the, the original bridges. So I, I disassemble the, the complete movement, then I'm starting my process with the with the drawing, make the drawing on on the, on the watch parts, skeletonize everything, engraving everything, electroplating everything, and then put all together, and then you get a result. Amazing! That's that's, that's crazy. What yeah. can you tell us? What you're what you're using? Uh, tell the watchmakers at least. Uh, how how are you using the Coleman pantograph? For for those that don't know, uh, Coleman made many pantographs. So uh, um, uh, the pantograph has been brought uh, to the to the forefront of of uh, independent watchmaking uh, because of Masahiro Kakuno, I think, basically yeah. uh, doing so much work on on his. But not many people are familiar with the Coleman I am because they have a very rare one that I've been trying to find, which is the same as Stefan's, but is 3D. It goes in all, all dimensions. So they're very hard to find. Um, they're not terribly expensive when you do, but they're usually trashed and, and unrepairable. So can you explain to us watchmakers uh, what parts and how you're using the pantograph and, and for collectors, maybe a little, a little bit of what a pantograph is? Yeah. Um, uh, I I, for, I don't use it very often. So for example, if, if I work on, on the hands, um, if you cut them out with the machine, every hand is the same, but, but that is not my philosophy because I cut them off the, out with the saw and then every hand is uh, unique. So, but the material sometimes is a little bit thick. Then I put it on the pantograph and um, grind it up, for example, mm -hmm. that, that I get a smaller hands. So, but uh, I don't use it very often, this machine. Wow. Because okay. I'm, I'm working more with the hands. Wow. Hmm. So all, all those little, uh, say, say on the octopus watch, the, yeah. all the little uh, tentacles and all that, that's just strictly just hand carving 100%. Yeah. It's uh, always cut them out with the saw. So. Hmm. So, so you so you don't really use the pantograph for, for much at all. I find that quite quite fascinating because it it can be used uh, for a, a, I know a lot of engravers that do kind of use that. It's kind of an old school CNC machine if you use it similar to say how Masahiro Kakuno or uh, uh, some other people who are making handmade watches uh, they make their gear their gear blanks can be made from them because uh, the arms of a gear okay if we're going to make a gear. Uh, ourselves and cut our own teeth and everything like I do here. The arms of the, the wheel are very hard to make, uh, not for Stefan, because he's, he's every day, all day working with his handsaw. But for most of us, we know how to do with Stefan, uh, the basis, basics of what Stefan might do. Uh, would be, we would be like a little baby infant sitting next to him because he's the master. <laughs> but, but even for us to cut those little, those four little spokes, that's like impossible. It takes like forever. So we, 
have adapted pantograph machines nowadays uh, to, to do those wheel blanks, which is, I think that's a very uh, incredible thing that, that um, Masahiro has, has pushed forward. And actually the machines are in the schools now as well. So it re it's really helped us as independent watchmakers that are yeah. fine to find out that you don't, you want to use it to be a surface grinder. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, well, this is, is, I think what's, uh, tonight it's uh, having seen uh, how uh, Stefan achieves his uh, the finish of his bridges and things like that, that everybody does things in their own way, Dan. And, uh, do you know, so it, where it's a surprise to you to see that it's, uh, it's, I think to me, it's fascinating to see that there are so many different ways of doing this. Yeah, yeah, but I, what, what we're supposed to do, Johnny, is is show um, collectors who are interested in the genius of someone like Stefan that uh, what I thought Stefan might have been doing is actually not true. Which is perhaps Stefan made his drawing of the skull and bones uh, bridges, right? Which is be normal. Then he would make a plexiglass enlarged plate of it, put it on a pantograph machine and use the pantograph for a, the basic outline of the bones, and then he would hand carve. That's actually how, as a watchmaker, I thought Stefan was working. Uh, that's nope. how I would probably work. And to find out that he's doing everything with saws and by hand, he needs, so to, tri he needs to triple his price. <laughs> so I use a paper drawing, and then I have a little, little uh, needle. And make the sketch, the drawing by hand with the loop on on the movement plate, and then I cut them out. Wow! Wow! Crazy. Well, listen, I tell you what, we've been talking about your work again. Uh, I've just looked at, at the at the panda watch. Uh, we'll take a quick look at that because I think we should move on because that was the early part of your career. Well, it it still is, but there have been developments in recent times as well. Which have led to your uh, that amazing uh, award that is sitting behind you there, uh, Stefan, and that was the introduction of the uh, your, your handwork uh, collection, which was your K one and the K two, and the K two down. I'm sure you're familiar with is uh, well, well, there was this. There's the K two Nocturne. Uh, which was sold out in one day, 20 pieces sold out in one day last month. And what, like that, that is 20 very lucky collectors. Yes. Getting their hands on, on that beautiful piece. Congratulations, but, Stefan, on that. Thank, thank you very much. It was unbelievable. So, totally. Yeah. yeah. To, to, to look at the watch as a whole, it, it, it is a beautiful, it, it, it's just gorgeous. It's minimal. It's, uh, I, I think the dial is, is almost Spartan. But the image doesn't really do it any justice, if you like, because the dial actually changes color, doesn't it? Depending on the 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 light reflecting yeah. of it. So it's, yeah. it's dark from that angle, but it's silvery. Yeah, baby. <laughs> now we're talking. So that's... Yeah. It's, it, 
It's hard, it's hard to see it with the reflection, but yeah. my goodness me, some lucky guy is going to be, or lucky person is going to be getting, uh, that's going to be on, on its way to them. But uh, look, look, look the, the bottom line is, again, independent watchmaking, right? We are artists. Finding exactly what represents us along our path and being able to offer that love to you as a collector is what we are. That's what Stefan is. Stefan has certainly found his persona. His, you can call it branding, but it's we don't really kind of want to use that. That's like for, I think, commercial type people. It, you you can you want to use it, use it, but it's really our art, and and that is it, at this point in Stefan's life. That's his art. That's how he feels inside to represent who he is and what he does along yeah. our long, long, long journey to learn what we do. It's a very, very incredibly difficult job. Now, look, I can speak a little bit because I've had a previous career um, that is not so easy to do what I do, did and accomplished where I've been and what stages I've stood on or have a song playing on planet Mars on, on a NASA lunar rover, you know. So I can come from that side, come on, come on this side because I know people over there who, who work so hard day and night, you know, practicing their instrument, every waking breath they have, that was yeah. me, right? And it's yeah. the same thing in, in, in Stefan's world, okay? We live and we breathe this, us true watchmakers. So what you're getting is not just, oh, it's four o'clock, cool, yeah, cool watch, and then next month, you know, the, the dude wants something else. You literally are uh, getting our soul inside a capsule that just happens to fit on your wrist. So support, support Stefan. I know he's all sold out already. Uh, support by next year's timepieces. Support what he does. Um, you know, totally. It's, it's well, there Captain Forrest actually asked a question there about the the yep. hands, which I, I really want to get into the your your own. Damn, there, there's nearly an hour, Stefan. I'm sorry. I hope your dinner isn't sitting getting cold somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> like I, mine is. I don't, I don't care because I want to ask him more questions. <laughs> yeah. I should stay here in Ireland. Uh, my, my dinner's in the dog. So, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, so Captain Forrest asked the question. Uh, Captain Forrest, always welcome. Uh, brilliant. A very regular uh, uh, visitor to, to, to watch, uh, uh, to see what we're up to. So, um, yeah, the infinity hand. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, part that's, of your identity now, the Infinity logo. That's the Infinity logo, yes. I, um, I, when I developed the, the new line, the Handwerk line with the Kodoka 1 and Kodoka 2, I was looking for um, a, a symbol in the watch that, what I can use, what stands for time, for example, mm -hmm. uh, and what I can use in the hands or in the movement. And um, then I was looking, is it still existing in the watch business is somebody use it and that uh, and then i find the infinity symbol and nobody yeah. nobody was using it uh, in the watch business um, so that's the reason why i yeah i, I include it in my in, in my design and now uh, it it will for me it it has to be in the future uh, icon for our our hand or some some symbols in the movement uh, if you go on the backside of the movement, you will also find the engraving infinity on the on the balance cock. 
Yeah. Because uh, the, the symbol for timeless uh, has to be in the watch. So it's, what, uh, what are you what are you making your, uh, your in your in your in-house movement? What are you making the uh, main plate and bridges out of? Is that German silver or are you plating this? That, that's plating because uh, so I it's electroplated and uh, for example in a in a normal collection we work with yellow gold uh, and for the limited edition it's uh, white rhodium. So there are brass main plates and bridges, and then uh, you are rhodium plating. Yeah. Are you yeah. are you, uh, you rhodium plating uh, in your house? Or, yep. uh, oh, yep. okay. I do the completely electro plating by myself. Let's have a look at that too, will we, Enzo? Because we have, we still have plenty to go through here, <laughs> Dan. Do, do, do you want to talk us? Well, the uh, when I play the short video. Uh, uh, we go mute so uh, you can tell us after we've had a uh-huh. start of your electro plating mm-hmm. process um yep yeah. The, the, the part was the, the 24-hour disc for the Kudoka 2. Okay, and yeah. You have um, three different colors inside. So the, the stars and the moon are in white rhodium. Then the, the sun and the triangle in yellow gold. And then the, the night sky, night side, night disc is uh, yeah. in black rhodium. So and then if you if you go in the electroplating process you have to cover you have to cover the parts in the different uh, steps um, so I have to paint it with a little uh, tool to to cover the 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 white rhodium so for example if you see this picture the next step will be uh, yellow gold it goes in yellow gold and you have to cover with the with the red color the the stars and the moon for example. Yeah. Where, <laughs> Stefan, where did, where did you learn the process uh, of doing this and, and uh, uh, of rhodium plating and doing it in the series of, of uh, steps like this? Uh, I teach myself with some books and a lot of hours in my workshop. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of scrap metal, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. See, again, it's, it's, this is the points, Johnny, we, you know, we're trying to get across to people is there's not always a, a book for what we want to do. And we just have to go for it and see how it works out and figure out our own way. Uh, we can't be yeah. taught everything in a school. Um, and uh, rhodium plating is like an art within itself. Uh, a lot of us don't like to do it or it's a, an expensive setup. I, I, I have a setup here that I'll be using for my yeah. time pieces. Some people opt to... And that's why I asked Stefan. Some people opt for German silver main plates. Uh, we, it's, a, it's beautiful. It ages beautifully. Um, and we don't, they don't have to do any rhodium plating. Uh, so it cuts that step, you know, completely yeah. out of the process. Yeah. Uh, so for some people, it's an easy way out. And other people just kind of yeah. uh, like, like that A. Langenson kind of, kind of look to it. Uh, rhodium plating, it, it's a very long process. And Stefan is doing this. Just for his moon disc, it's not just dip it in gold and it's plated. It's many steps. The paint that he's painting meticulously has to stand there is a protection. So yeah, for, moon- for example, you, you need two up to 
uh, two up to three uh, hours per, per disk. So, per disk. Per yeah, disk. For, and for example, I show you the, Let's have a look. the little tool. When I, which wow. I that, that little thing in the center of the screen. It's a hair. One little hair. It, it's like uh, what we use to turn the balance wheel when we make the hairspring flat. Yeah. 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 I mean, do you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's not like, yeah. Yeah. Right, right and, Seth, and, everybody looks at us like we're nuts sometimes. And then we, we have to think to ourselves, maybe we really are. Yeah. <laughs> I think and, it's I'm, I'm painting with a horse, a horse hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, and uh, the process is the same for the skeleton watches if you have different colors inside of the movie. Yeah. For example, the, the on the panda where you had the yeah. rhodium and the and, and the dark rhodium. I just yeah. put back up one second again. Yeah. Because in panda, there, there's two different. Yeah. Uh, for, exa for example, if you have a look in the eyes of the panda, there is uh, black rhodium and white rhodium. In the eyes, and then you have to cover. You have to cover the the white one, and then the next step will be the black one. Played it. So you have to you have to actually cover the whole panda himself and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. So the first step for this watch is uh, white rhodium, and then you have to cover. You have to cover uh, all parts, which will stay in white rhodium, with the yeah. with the red with the red cover uh, plug. Wow! So, and then, and then you have, and then you have to put it in the black rhodium. Yeah, so it actually looks red until while it's being created. Amazing! That's so cool. That's so cool, man. You're you're a badass, bro. We we actually got away from because we were looking at the processor of the electro plating. So that that explains the the red. So the red is covering. Yep, it's like nail painting. Like nail painting is a great analogy, yeah. And there we can see your, the tool that you're using to to apply that. And uh, but the end result, and at the end of the day, Stefan, this was uh, yeah, the one petted a grill in the 2019 GPHG. And uh, you know, I, I have seen plenty of 24 hour day and night uh, displays. I love the simplicity of that, and I love the the there's a sort of a natural uh, finish to that. There, I love the little gold arrow, which is just a tiny little piece of ingenuity to display uh, the it's the a, it's, it's a tiny little piece of Stefan because normally yeah. you know, oh, there, there's. Tons of watches out there with moon discs and this and that, and everyone tries to be a little bit unique. But it, it most, I would say, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of them, you know, they just look like it's manufactured crap again. And again, that's what sets Stefan apart, and you know it, it, what he does and who he is. That's the way he won his moon disc, and because he's independent, because Stefan runs his business and didn't have to go to a bank for loans or some guy in a suit to start his business that is telling him what he should do because it sells more. He gets to do whatever Stefan wants to do on that day in his life for what he is to represent his independence. He is the epitome of what modern day independent watchmaking should be, is, 
and everyone should be spending their money on if they're your collector and have one of his pieces in, in their collection. And right, right Stefan, I mean, am I, am I a little off track here or am I representing what we what we're supposed to be as independents? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, well, per, per, well, the fact that all 20 pieces of the Nocturne, K2 Nocturne, sold out in one day. Uh, I, I know I have seen people talking about it. Go, how, how did they miss this? Do you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but again, do you know something, Dan? I'm not sure if you're aware, but there's a number of small independent brands, maybe not all small, but the likes of Zapek sold out in one day. Or, or not in one day, but in a, a few weeks of a pretty expensive limited edition of 99 pieces. Ming, selling out left, right, and center. Hajime Asuoki. Not for you. Bang, gone in one day. Yeah. And now Stefan uh, with his uh, nocturne, the K2 nocturne, one day. There is a growing awareness of independent watchmaking. And you just said something there, like about why people would buy uh, to mainstream brands. The argument for buying mainstream brands is becoming weaker every single day. I think that these are just absolute works of art, and they are number one. It's not that it should be, but it's more affordable than you know. Uh, it's more affordable than a blooming Rolex. Do you know what I mean? But what, what would you have any day? Not anymore. Stefan just raised his prices. <laughs> <laughs> he has to. You're busy. I think at the end of the day, as long as things are, uh, as long as, as the books are, are adding up at the end of the year, but uh, the Rolex don't do anything like that, do they, Dan? Look, independent watchmaking is not about putting a, a, a brand name on your forehead uh, for them to freely use you as an advertising tool because that's what that is. And we're the opposite. We're the thrash metal, be it of, of, of luxury, of, of, of our art and what we do as micro-mechanics. We're the yeah. opposite. It's, you've already went through all those brands and spent all your money uh, you know, working your way up the ladder, and then you realize – that the, the true artists and the true products that have longevity to live for centuries and centuries are with us because we've already been at those brands. We've usually, someone like Stefan is, or he, he's at a young age already, you know, working in the complication rooms uh, uh, in, yeah. for, for Glass Shoot the original. It's same with me. So we've seen all that and we know how to produce something that's way better than what we used to work on. And that's what yeah. you get from us. That's we, for sure. We're the, we're the cutting edge that everyone else wants to copy and they can't figure out how to do it in mass production because it can't be done in mass production. It's art. It's, it's our soul, man. It's in our blood. You can't copy it. You can't copy my old music. If you do, you're going to suck anyway. You can borrow little bits and pieces of us. Yes. Yeah. I just got so pieces that somebody has agreed with me 100%. That happens about twice a year for me. Like, you know, so <laughs> someone agreed. Okay. It's just like like for me like today or what this week or so I'm, I'm I got I'm working here on my uh, that's is, how I like this is this let me see if I can get it on here yeah get this away from here uh, so this is one of my setting wheels it's like there's like 18 parts that sit inside a, a double click uh, um, crown wheel 
mm-hmm. that's just the outer wheel that I have to sit and make by hand here and then make all the parts that go inside that wheel because my vision uh, for my timepiece, uh, you know, is different than somebody else's. You know, my, my I, I want to make sure I've run into many watches where uh, the click spring breaks and, 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 you know, the escapement is trashed. So mine has like a double safety and all this other stuff. So our heart's in that. Like a, a company can't sit in and take the time that uh, that we do as independents, uh, the, the love basically of, and passion of, of what we do. And, we're, yeah. we're, we're a different breed. We're a little yeah. wacky. <laughs> that was it. Like you and, and like I know, uh, like I, I heard a, a very or I read an interesting interview uh, with uh, Max Booser during the week. Uh, he was interviewed on uh, World Tempest, mm. and Max. Which you, we would all surely agree that MBNF are probably the highest profile independent brand name uh, out there. Small, small school. Like, I know we could argue that Patek Philippe are independent, that Odomar's Pigway are independent, and things like that. But MBNF, so the, this sector of the independent uh, industry. And Max, for, for all. The awareness and all the high profile at MBNF, Max reckoned that you know only about five percent of that luxury watch buying sector know that MBNF exists. You know, so it, it, it still puts it in perspective that this is an emerging sector of the of the industry, and those of us who are lucky enough to know about it, mm-hmm. so that that's we're the ones that are. Uh, Talking about these extraordinary watches, and like for you to to beat the competition that you did, Stefan, for the GPHG award behind you, like you were uh, uh, competing against Tudor. Oh, the the watches that you were competing against were mostly big brands. Yeah, of and, course. Do you know, so uh, I I think that was one of the absolute best stories to come out of the GPHG 2019 and uh, we're it's, you know, it's, it's like they it's like way back when at the Grammys you know you'd have all the pop stars all televised on TV all pop music and they would like have one rock category right that's it album of the year maybe I think it was for the rock guy and it would go to like I don't know U2 you know that's rock right but then they'd have they finally were forced to have like heavy metal uh, um, Grammys. They weren't televised. They wouldn't even put them on television. So when we're up for Grammys for, for my past band, uh, you know, we're, we're there, but we're, it's not even being televised. So mm-hmm. it's like, even though we're the creators, we're the ones that are pushing the boundaries, working with the guitar manufacturers to make better instruments. We're the ones with with that kind of mind, the creative mind that is in watchmaking, which that's why if you're a metal dude and you're watching this, you're wondering how I ended up over here. It's it's that creative mind. It's it's, for Stefan to have the award that's sitting behind him is that same kind of thing. It's like the metal dude who wins the Grammy, you know, and, and over the big corporate America, big corporate music, whatever it may be, and it shows how far all of us have come. And, and you know, Ste- Stefan is a representation of independent watchmaking 
exactly what we are. Without a doubt. Stefan, here is a question from Captain Forrest again. And uh, I'd love to know, because I I assume this was a complete surprise to you on the night. Yourself and Eve were in Geneva attending this gala ceremony, which is the equivalent, as Dan says, to the Grammys, or it's the equivalent to the Oscars of the watchmaking world. I, I, whenever I'm writing about the GPHG awards, I usually describe it as, you know, it's the uh, the Oscars of the uh, the watchmaking industry. I'll have to change that because I'm going to start calling it the Grammys because uh, now I would be a sin if I didn't. So what what was the feeling like on that night? Yeah, <laughs> yeah the feeling uh, we. We never had it in our mind with my wife that we can win this competition. So uh, on one side, we was very happy and it was a dream. And on the other side, it was a nightmare to go on the stage <laughs> to, <laughs> to speak, to speak uh, in, in this big room with all the people. So, you know, normally the watchmakers on the watch table and uh, it's not the big speaker. So, yeah, but it, it is a dream uh, to win this competition. Uh, fantastic. I'm sure it's a nightmare you would happily do again, would you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, the, the, the point is uh, now more and more watch collectors, uh, they realize that Kodoka exists. So uh, because before I was in the niche market with the skeleton watches, yeah, there are the collectors for skeleton watches, but outside of the niche market for skeletons, there are the, the big watch market with the collectors and they don't know, normally they don't know uh, Kodoki in the past. So, and that, that's, uh, it's changing very fast now. So, But uh, that's actually, I go back to something that I said very early on about overnight success. It has taken you 25 years to mm-hmm. achieve overnight success so yeah, it, of course. a long long process and the, the the hours and the days the weeks and the months of working away at your craft sometimes maybe doubting yourself maybe asking are, are you doing the right thing as you say you stepped away from watchmaking uh, for a time when you were younger when you were yep. 21 when you were going through Glasgow to Original and uh, you know, so for this is a vindication of all of that effort. And I don't know, Stefan, I think that award looks very lonely sitting up there. So you think you might go for another one anytime soon? Or? <laughs> yeah, we will see. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. So, uh, I, I, I just, I think it's just incredible for all of independent watchmaking. Uh, you know, to have Stefan and, and VNA, right. and who you know who broke through, and yeah. the recognition uh, for me, you know, obviously is I've been through similar situations in my last career. It's not really a, a, about the awards; it, it helps to get, get us recognition, like like Stefan said, that we would normally never get before. Really, we're just we just like to get back to our bench or back to our art. Back to our art, creating and doing what we do, and uh, I know that we can keep doing that and giving yeah. that, giving that love and our love uh, in our art to others. Because we're alone in a room, 
be, be it what we do as watchmakers or in music, we're usually practicing our instruments or what it may, may be. And for a musician, he gets to go on stage, right? For that brief moment, be it 30 minutes as an opening band or be it 90 minutes as the headliner, and we get to feel that love back, that, that feeling. Uh, yeah. in, in, in watchmaking, when Stefan's done with a piece, sometimes uh, he may deliver it to that person. They may come to his uh, workshop or uh, later on uh, that person sees him somewhere uh, when he was able to travel before the pandemic and he feels the love that person, like they really, right, right, Stephanie, they like, almost want, they want to like hug you and yeah. like, it's, it's that love. And that's, that's the biggest thing that we're making someone smile and, and, mm -hmm. and giving, giving them happiness through yeah, our heart. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. It's reciprocal because yeah. we're not making a product to give to you. So you hate us. <laughs> it will work. It's too much pain, bro. It's too much pain. Stefan, yeah. uh, Stefan I, I had a question. So, uh, Kanuka 2 Nocturne sold out. How many pieces are you able to produce a year now? So, is that your entire 2020 production? The books are closed, or how, how many pieces um, can you produce? We, we, we. I think this year we will be around 80 pieces produced. Wow. wow, that is awesome. How many how many uh, people do you have working in the workshop with you? Uh, one a watchmaker and an engraver. Amazing. So, three, a, three people. That is yeah. one busy shop. Yeah, that's, that's one busy shop. You, yeah. you, you're, not sleep, you're not sleeping much. No, no. no. <laughs> hey, because I or something, man. You would have been working at that speed, like you know. <laughs> hey, wait, wait a minute. What music was playing during that video, and what music uh, did you grow up listening to? Do you listen to music when you when you work in the workshop? Yeah, of course, classic. Classical music. Yeah. Oh, okay. Most mostly classical. Mm. Yeah, and in the galvanic video, it was also the uh, or, or, uh, only the radio. So I don't know. There you go. Dan, your magic seems to have evaded the workshops of Kuroge, but uh, <laughs> it's, okay. um, man. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe the engraver is listening to Slayer or something. Uh, it's like, yeah, there's something <laughs> wrong with that guy, man. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Somewhere along the line, it's got to be some metal in that cross skull and crossbone <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Listen, we have again, uh, as per usual, our hours have 80 minutes here at least. Stefan, uh, I, I want to thank you uh, for uh, stepping up and coming because I know that you don't do this kind of thing very often. And uh, yep. let me tell you, it has been an absolute pleasure getting to know you. It, it's uh, all, also very difficult to follow uh, the English conversation for me. Yeah, so, you did really well. Yeah. If you weren't following it, you did a very good job of pretending, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> no, you did great, Stephanie, absolutely. Um, and, it, you know, it, it is really hard for me and Johnny to to get some of the people we, we do talk to, like, like Stefan, on here to talk about things that aren't normally talked about. Uh, there is great language barriers. There's many people we can't have on here because of the language barrier. So we, we greatly appreciate that, Stefan. You, you did amazing. Yeah. We are all in awe of your art and your skill. I'm speaking from as a watchmaker and a lot of my watchmaker friends. 
Thank uh, you. We, we love what you do. Uh, keep going, man, and, and create some cool stuff that no one else has created, man. And, and if you're a collector, um, you need to get Stefan's pieces because for certain they're, they're just going to climb in, in price and, uh, and his availability to make them. Um, so get going and, and sign up and, and definitely uh, yeah. purchase purchase. We've been putting links to uh, your website on. We've got a new website coming too, Stefan. So you'll be on that. And uh, we will obviously have a link to your interview and to your website. Uh, it's Look, it's fantastic to have another uh, genuine independent watchmaker who does, does it the hard way, who puts it, your heart and your soul your blood, sweat, and tears into every piece that you uh, you create. It's fantastic to have a GPHG egg wheel winner uh, for for you representing the independent sector. So um, brilliant. So listen, thank you very much indeed, Stefan, for joining us. Uh, thank you everyone for watching in the metal. We are back again next week. Uh, we're continuing the story of independent watchmaking from behind the scenes and uh, so we hope that you will uh, you, you enjoyed tonight and or today's show depending on where you are and really look forward to seeing you again next week but wow what an honor to have yet another absolute star stefan kudoke you're the man thank you so much thank you Take very care, much Stephen. to all bye bye